Impeachment is getting real as Trump uh, selects some high-profile attorneys uh, to go with his personal attorneys. Right, um, right before the impeachment trial, Trump gets some more bad news. Apparently, more evidence is coming out and... Okay, well, we're going to take a look at that bad news. And, you know, it's really not that big of a deal, but it just sounds really bad. Um, a jerk in the NFL uh, goes to the NCAA uh, men's college football uh, championship, acts like a jerk, then gets an arrest warrant put on him because he's a jerk. And finally... The Dodgers got screwed not once, but twice. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Here we go. Hope you guys had a great week. The week is officially over. Yay, us. We get the weekend off. So, here we go. There are some... The the this impeachment thing is is happening. It's getting real, and we're going to talk about what I think is really important when we talk about impeachment and what you should look for. So let let's go into this, and it starts on Tuesday, so it's five days away. Um, Senate's already sworn in. Everyone's sworn in. Everyone's good to go, ready to go. Trump today added three big high profile lawyers to his team and of course these guys are brave for reasons that you probably already know we're going to hear a lot of crap about them coming up and you just remember that there's going to be a lot of crap coming out about these guys Uh, they're not going to be popular in the media Kenneth Starr who is the independent investigator for the uh, Clinton impeachment he was actually investigating Clinton. Um, now, Clinton, a lot of people don't... It, I still hear it on CNN. They talk about Clinton that, you know, it really has... It, he was investigated for having sex with Monica Lewinsky and things like that. That's not actually what happened. He got invest, he impeached not because he had a sexual affair with Monica Lewinsky. Let's face it, most presidents have had affairs. So it's stupid to believe that Monica Lewinsky would have made any difference here. And, Pre- and President Clinton's been dodging sexual assault charges and um, having sex with minors for ages. So this wasn't something new. What he got impeached for was lying to Congress. <coughs> and now at the time, I-, I-, I truly believe that they did make a much bigger stink about it than they should have. I Okay. He had sex with Monica Lewinsky. Fine, whatever. Bill Clinton is kind of like Donald Trump in that this is not the highest quality guy in the world. Um, and I mean, we're talking he was pay- making payments to a 16-year-old who he got pregnant. This was not a high quality guy. But the fact is, he sat there, they interviewed him, and he lied about it. And he had, I think it was seven or eight charges placed on him. So Ken Starr did a good job. Ken Starr is always on Fox. He's always talking about what the problem is or some of the issues that are going on with Clint, with uh, this impeachment. And he said it's completely different. Because right now Trump actually doesn't have any legal charges on him. That's what's really ironic. 
Uh, obstruction of Congress is not a crime. That's There's no statute on that. Um, abuse of power is not a crime. We've talked about that. There's no statute on abuse of power. So technically, if it wasn't for the fact that you got Mitt Romney and a couple of others, uh, the gal from um, Alaska, who are liberal, who are very right, left, really moderate, even go, they're just never Trumpers. Um, yeah, it's, this is going to go to a trial. So Tuesday's going to be very interesting. Okay, I know, I just went on a ramble. Okay, then you have Robert Ray. Robert Ray was the guy who actually, oh, by the way, and let's not forget, Clinton It did have crimes. There were seven crimes. Okay, it's not like they didn't have crimes. Ken Starr said, this guy committed crime. This is what he did. A, B, C. They're statutes. They are illegal. He actually committed criminal acts. So that's the big difference between, and Kenneth Starr says this on Fox, that's the big difference between Trump's impeachment and Clinton's impeachment. There are no crimes they're alleging. The articles are not criminal. So I, I do want to point that out. And I'll point one more thing out. Yeah, I know. I said all this before, and I know I'm rambling on again. But um, Clinton was disbarred. A lot of people forget this. He was disbarred because of the articles of impeachment, because they found he actually did commit a crime. Impeachment and removal from office is a political thing for the most part. You have to commit a high crime or, or misdemeanor. But... Clinton did, and the Bar Association of Arkansas actually said he did, and they disbarred him. I don't know how great a lawyer he was, but... Okay, Robert Ray is the second attorney. Robert Ray uh, replaced Kenneth Starr during the Clinton impeachment, uh, and he actually wrote the impeachment report. So this guy has some extreme experience with, with impeachment. As a matter of fact, Starr and... Uh, Ray have some great experience. It's it's really going to help Trump out. This is a big deal. Now, mind you, the media is already beginning to spin all this. We're going to get that when we get to Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is a liberal. He's a Harvard Law professor. He did not vote for Trump. He actually voted for Hillary Clinton. He's always been kind of left-leaning, but he is conservative when it comes to the Constitution. He, uh, like I said, he's a Harvard Law professor, and he specialize, he's a constitutional lawyer. And you see him on Fox News all the time, too, because, well, you see him, he, he's on CNN, too. He actually does go on CNN. Won't go on MS, uh, MSNBC, won't have him, because he just, he's too smart. They'll, they'll argue. But he believes this whole thing is unconstitutional. And I, I believe he's actually doing the opening statement for the defense on Tuesday or whenever they just do it. It, it gets kind of confusing. I'm gonna, I'm actually going to run another podcast on Monday that actually talks about what the actual process is. So, so Dershowitz also has kind of a history. He was involved in the defense of OJ Simpson and he was also involved in the defense of Jeffrey Epstein. And that's what leads us to this second part. This is, these people are the bravest people. I, these are the bravest people that Trump could have picked. These people stand by their values, stand by their beliefs. Why do I say that? Because their reputations are going to be trashed after this is over. 
Dershowitz has already been accused. And this was after he started siding with Trump on this impeachment crap, by the way. This was never mentioned before. Has been accused of actually being on the planes with Jeffrey Epstein. Taking favors from De Jeffrey Epstein. In other words, they're basically saying he's sleeping. he was sleeping with little girls. Of course, Dershowitz, who's about 300 years old, already rich, works for Harvard, just waves them off and says, oh, no, it's not true. It's garbage. I'm not even going to listen. And everyone else says the same thing. They never mention O.J. Simpson, mind you. Okay, O.J. Simpson, who was without a doubt guilty. They never mention that. Kenneth Starr, they're already talking about uh, places that he got fired for things. I, I, I'm not sure. I didn't read them. And Robert Ray, I have no idea who Robert... I don't remember Robert Ray when he actually did it. So these three um, will join uh, the council of Pat Cipollone and Trump's uh, personal lawyer, Jay Sekulow. And I believe it is White House counsel Pat Cipollone which will actually run the impeachment. He's going to actually be the main guy in that whole thing. Uh, I'm not 100% sure because I didn't write it down. So there we have with that. Now, what I want you to do when you, you listen to this, I, and I'm going to watch CNN. I am going to watch, yeah, I, shocker. I'm not going to watch MSNBC because they're left-wing and they know they're left-wing and they, they've never hidden that they're left-wing. The, the things I want you to watch is one, that uh, Trump, uh, these lawyers will be thrown through the gutter. They're, they're, this is going to be like Kavanaugh. They're, you're going to hear Dershowitz raped four-year-olds or something like that. You're going to hear things about Kenneth Starr, which, by the way, haven't come out in 25, 30 years. Kenneth Starr, Kenneth Starr has had problems in the past, but they weren't necessarily, they were bad judgment calls. They weren't necessarily because he did criminal acts. Robert Ray, again, I've never heard of the guy, so I'm not really sure what is in his box. But this is what we need to watch. And listen, because I got a feeling on Wednesday night when I play some of this stuff, uh, I'm going to be playing a lot of Dershowitz because Dershowitz really knows his stuff. And I'm thinking I'm actually going to buy his book, I can't remember what the, it's called, but I'm thinking I'm going to buy his book because he is up there with Mark Levin when it comes to constitutional law. We got to get into some things that are not necessarily great things for Donald Trump. Um, they're not as bad as the media made it out to be, but it's not great. But the thing is, I'm going to raise my hand and say, okay, this is deep state crap because... Hold off. I'll tell you why in a few minutes. So on Thursday, Thursday, the GAO, which is the Government Accountability Office, issued a report on the White House on what it thought about the White House temporarily freezing the aid to the Ukraine. And what they basically said is that Trump violated the Impoundment Control Act by, quote, substituting his own policy priorities for those that Congress has enacted into law. Okay. I'm going to tell you what that all means in, in just a second. No, I'm going to tell you right now. What that basically means is Congress issued funds to the Ukraine. These funds were basically a 
just a reenacted funds. It was a, a previous law. And every year, Congress just goes in and renews these funds. It doesn't require the president's signature. And those funds are released. And that's it. So basically, it's like, yeah, you know, I every month I pay for Podbean and I pay for my website, right? And every month it's a recurring payment. And they send me a, a receipt saying your payment's due and okay and I get a chance to cancel if I don't cancel that's fine and then they just automatically take it out of the bank well it's the same thing with Ukraine Ukraine basically goes in and they uh, Congress made a law that was signed by a, a past president and every year they review it and they stay budget for it okay and then Every year, by a certain time, in this case, I think it's the third quarter of every year, Ukraine gets a certain amount of money. It's just a done thing. If Trump decided to hold that money, um, Trump would have to tell Congress, I'm going to hold this money and this is why. And then they'd have a discussion as to why. And meanwhile, the money's going to be held because Trump has that right to do that as long as he tells him. So... What Trump did is he held the money to Ukraine, sort of. We're going to get to that, sort of. Uh, he held that money from Ukraine. He didn't inform uh, Congress. And now the GAO is basically saying that, um, no, you can't do this. Now, this act was enabled back in 1974 when Richard Nixon was president. Richard Nixon was, also, was notorious for holding back funds. But in 1974, Richard Nixon was really being questioned about corruption and Congress didn't want him hold withholding funds because they didn't know why and what he was doing with it. So they enabled this act. This act has never seen the Supreme Court. That's going to be something you need to remember. I'll talk about that in a second. And, um, and most presidents have actually violated that act. A lot of presidents have held funds for whatever reason. And the reason is because um, if, the, uh, if the funds are held, there's a big, long quagmire that has to happen. So when presidents actually hold it, no one really says too much. Um, Trump responded on Twitter, quote, the GOA got it exactly backwards. Here's what they said. The law does not permit the president to substitute his own policy priorities to those Congress has to those Congress. It's what he said. It's up here. That's what he said. To those Congress has enacted into law. It's exactly the opposite. The Constitution does not allow Congress to substitute its own priorities for the foreign policies of the president. At Alan Dershowitz, at Sean Hannity, at Fox News. They do what the House asks. The swamp. Okay. Um, he's... He's actually half right here. Okay, he's half right. Now, I, I have already said that... Um, I think he's a little bit more than half right. He's ha That's not what the law says. What the law says is that he must, if he's going to withhold funds, he must actually hold, he must tell Congress. 
The reason this is a constitutional issue, that the impoundment clause probably is not constitutional, is the Congress has no say in foreign policy. That's never been challenged. So if Trump actually holds the $430 billion, million? No, billion dollars from um, the Ukraine because it is messing with his foreign policy, he technically has every right to do that. So that's kind of a big deal. That That's kind of a big deal. Um, it needs to be met at the Supreme Court. And by the way, that's another big important thing. There is actually uh, processes that Congress has to push through. And Congress didn't. So, for example, let's just say Trump did hold that $430 billion. What then has to happen is the GAO, the head of the GAO or whatever, has to actually file a lawsuit in court to get Trump to actually say why he withheld it. That didn't happen. In other words, this problem is not impeachable. It's not It's not a crime. It's a administrative problem. Okay, so Trump can't just withhold money. He's got to say why, according to the law. He's got to say why. And then if he doesn't say why, they got to take him to court. The Democrats don't like going to court. They just like hearing this stuff. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a garbage thing. The GA report had nothing to do with anything. And the reality is, if Trump decided to fight this, he'd probably get it to the Supreme Court. And there's a very good chance because Congress, because the funds are going to a foreign nation, there's a very good chance <coughs> he'd win because the president is in charge of foreign policy. And he's allowed to be that oversight to what Congress is spending money on. And that's essentially what it is. It's an oversight. So Congress does something Trump doesn't like. He oversees Congress. He sits there and does what he doesn't like. If the Congress doesn't like it, they go to the courts. The courts, which oversees both, makes a decision, and there you go. So right off the bat, the whole process is unconstitutional. As far as I'm concerned, it's unconstitutional. It doesn't make sense. The president should be able to control foreign policy. Um, so... The big question with this whole thing is, why did the GAO decide to wait till five, six days before the actual before the actual impeachment hearing to release this? Uh, could it be because the Democrats are jumping all over it? This is that swamp thing he was talking about. So I, I, I really honestly believe that this is the kind of garbage that's going to be coming out. Uh, they're, they're, they're just going to release the release the Kraken. And it's, we're going to see garbage like this from here until the end of the trial, which could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a couple of months. So, uh, I, very interesting. This report was very interesting, but really quite irrelevant. The next big surprise for Donald Trump came in the form of a guy named Lev Parnas. Lev Parnas is a Ukrainian, and he was working with the Ukrainian government. 
Apparently, Lev, when uh, Rudy Giuliani went to Ukraine, Lev Parnas was basically his, how can I say, his guide, I guess, would be, really don't know anything about Lev Parnas. Um, Parnas, while he was in the United States, got indicted by uh, New York for, no, yeah, no, we got to say this is pretty important. Got indicted for fraud. Uh, things like um, document manipulation, entering false documents, forgery, fun stuff like this. He got it, He actually got indicted and he's actually looking, in jail, looking at jail time. So what is this guy actually saying? Well, what he's basically saying is that um, he has all this information on Trump on how he was dealing with Ukraine, how he pressured Ukraine, how he uh, was tailing. This is the other thing. He was tailing this this gal. What's her name? Marie Yovanovitch, the actual uh, ambassador over there. Yeah, Marie Yovanovitch. He was trailing her because he didn't like or trust her. And he had been... De all this was from... President Trump directly. So, again, this is another guy that, oh, God, Democrats are just frothing over because they figure, oh, hey, we got Trump now. Here's the evidence that he's been dealing illegally in Ukraine and all this stuff. Well, well, that explains why MSNBC, CNN, and all the other news outlets are allowing him to take a trip around the um, news circuit, right? They're all asking him, and he's claiming he he thinks he should be a witness at the impeachment trial, and he's got all the dirt, blah, blah, blah. As usual, when you, when you hear, when the Democrats hear something, that's just too good to be true. It probably is. And this one is way too good to be true. So he's under indictment for New York, for which included filing fa false paperwork, fraud, corruption. This, this is a guy who is just real iffy as far as the decisions that he's actually made. He's not a good-looking guy either. And believe it or not, that is an issue when you're going to sit in front of the people of the United States and you've got a short, fat, balding guy with a bad comb over sitting. Yeah, he's not going to be real. He's not going to be embraced by the American public. Ukrainian officials have said that this guy was corrupt and that this guy can't be trusted. And so when... Ukraine was in it's a couple of Ukrainians were interviewed about this guy. They just said, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, that was the other thing. Robert Hyde. Apparently one of the pieces of evidence this guy had was with a WhatsApp text messaging service between Robert Hyde and uh, Parnas. And Robert Hyde said, mm, I wasn't in Ukraine. I wasn't working in Ukraine. Um, those text messages were jokes. I don't quite understand why I never took them serious. Why is everyone getting all upset about this garbage? So that didn't work out. 
President Trump said he never met or spoke to him. Now, there is a picture with Parnas and Trump together, uh, but that picture was when he was in Washington, and Trump says, yeah, well, I never really met the guy. I've never talked to the guy. Uh, yeah, I took a picture with him, but I take pictures with lots of people that I don't know, which makes sense. And if you saw the picture, it looks like a photo op with the president in front of the White House. It doesn't look like anything different than what the president would take pictures of before he takes off on uh, his Marine One. Uh, Parnas admits he never, and this was a big deal, Parnas admits he never talked to Trump. He said he got his messages from Giuliani and this Hyde character. Okay, and by the way, Hyde is a, a potential congressman. So he's a Republican congressman. Uh, not a very bright guy. He started as a landscaper and then be, decided to join politics. So go figure that. Um, Parnas admits he never talked to Trump. That all of this stuff was through a third party. Again, secondhand news. It's all circumstantial and hearsay. He doesn't know what Trump was thinking. Now, whether Trump really did want to tail this guy or not, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Whether Trump wanted to to tail Yovanovitch or not, um, it might be true. I don't know why it'd be true, but it might be true. But the reality is, unless you have someone that actually can say, well, Trump wanted Yovanovitch tailed, it's hearsay. It's irrelevant. It's circumstantial. And no one can say that. Again, secondhand information, garbage. This is the big one that really kind of got, and these last two are the big ones that kind of got me. Um, why would he need Yovanovitch? Why would President Trump need Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch tailed? If he didn't like her and he didn't trust her, fire her, which by the way, he did. That's what never made any sense. He doesn't need Yovanovitch tailed. He just calls her to Washington, which he did, and fires her via text or tweet, which he did. He didn't he did not like Yovanovitch. He did not trust Yovanovitch. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, did not like or trust Yovanovitch. So he called her over and fired her. Why would he ever tailed? What's the point? What's the purpose? That's stupid. Doesn't he make sense? Finally, the evidence that this Parnas had are his own notes and those WhatsApp text messages. His own notes. So you are going so the Democrats have decided to listen to Ukrainian that Ukrainian diplomats don't trust, who is under indictment for document fraud. They're going to trust him based off the evidence of his notes. And by the way, there's no collaborating evidence. There's no phone calls, recordings, voicemails, even phone metadata. There's nothing else. It's his notes. And if you listen to Parnas on, uh, if you can stand the way he looks, you listen to Parnas on these news sources, he, they never ask where he get his evidence, what evidence do you have? See, that's the problem. The left doesn't need evidence. They need accusations. And that's what they're doing right now is just accusing. 
they are going to throw the kitchen sink at this impeachment process. They're going to throw everything. You're going to find 17-year-old gals from Idaho that are going to come up and say they heard something from someone who's a best friend of their wife's grandmother. I, you're going to hear this crap. This is what is going to make this impeachment so much fun. So much fun. And I, I think it's just really sad that the GA, and this also leads to the question, Parnas has been around for a while. Why are we only hearing about him five days before impeachment? And I hope they do call him up. I really hope they do call him up because he will destroy his himself. He will destroy his own credibility. The congressmen are just going to say, who are you? Or the senators. So I, I personally, I really do actually hope they do call this guy. I'd love to hear from him. As a matter of fact, I'd love to hear from all. But it leaves to the question about that swamp thing that Trump keeps talking about, which, by the way, I didn't believe it before because I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I sure as hell believe it now. That all Parnas and the GAO report come out five, six days before this impeachment hearing kind of kind of suspicious isn't it these next three stories are short sweet and to the point i won't spend a lot of time on them but they're just so fun i have to i have to talk about them so lsu defeated clemson on monday during the ncaa men's uh football championship uh and they beat them pretty well i i honestly thought that clemson would probably win but uh, the ncaa absolutely dom uh, the NCA the LSU absolutely dominated them they deserve to be number 1 they are a great team so the LSU Tigers did something i've never seen after winning a championship they walked into the locker room and they started smoking cigars i thought honestly that is awesome you are victors you went 13-0. and You beat a team that hadn't lost in two years. This was absolutely awesome. I thought it was great. And, and then you can tell me what's wrong with this whole story right off the bat. I'm sorry. Take a look at this video. I love this video. I'll have to see who actually set it up. But this is the football players just enjoying stogies after a big victory. Dude, I forgot if you're on the podcast, you're not going to be able to see it because it's just music. So, I tell you what, go to my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com or uh, go to the watch the Vcast because it's it's there. It's great. And I, I, I think the Vcast you should watch because I'm getting pretty good with these videos. So, but that wasn't the story. What the story was is in, in uh, Georgia, where the national championship was held, you're not allowed to smoke indoors, okay? So they're in the locker room. You've got, I don't know, 60 football players. What is, what is a roster? 50, 60 football players, all smoking cigars. The place is getting really musty. And the police, obviously they were there, and they kind of waited, but they thought, okay, we're choking here. The police finally tell these guys, hey, guys, you need to stop smoking. It's illegal. You're not allowed to do it. And the football players, for the most part, yeah, they messed with the cops a little bit. But they, they put the cigars out, so they were good. 
Well, Odell Beckham Jr., who's a complete ass, the NFL football player, he used to play, he plays for the Browns this year, but he played for the Giants one year. The biggest ass in the NFL, outside of Antonio Brown, who is no longer in the NFL, decided it would be a good idea to just slap one of the cops in the butt while he's telling the guys to stop. Well, the cops, I think, were in shock. Um, again, this is for for uh, actual um, podcast viewers, you're, or podcast listeners. You're not going to be able to see the video, but for um, the Vcast, you will be able to see the video. So uh, you can take a look at it now. But Okay. Wow. You actually decided to smack a, a, a cop in the ass. Now, mind you, Odell Beckham Jr. was already causing controversy by walking onto the field at the LSU one and started throwing bills, money, into the football players' hands. Now, the football players laughed at it. This is a serious NCAA violation, believe it or not. And the NCAA said, well, maybe we're going to start investigating it. I, I couldn't see what type of dollar bills, that, but they could have been ones. I, who knows what they were? But Odell Beckham Jr. is just an ass. Well, uh, yesterday, he actually got an arrest warrant issued for uh, a battery of a police officer, which is, I think it's a misdemeanor. Uh, either that or it's a class three felony. It, it's not something he's going to serve jail time for. Uh, he could. He could serve up to six months. But, I mean, this is the problem with sports today. These guys are trying to make brands for themselves instead of trying to be people. Uh, can, can you imagine someone like uh, Brady or Fitz, Fitzgerald from the, uh, from the Cardinals doing something like that? Or Jerry Rice doing something like that? They would never do that. They, they play football. That's what they do. That's it. You don't slap cops. So this was this was just something really stupid. And um, yeah, I, I actually wouldn't mind if he did serve a little bit of jail time because he's a jerk and he was acting like a jerk and he kind of deserves it. Second to last story is a big story. The heads are rolling in Major League Baseball because of this cheating scandal. Right now, coaches from... Three teams have been fired. People are being suspended for a year at least. And there is now beginning to be, There's the, the talk is getting absolutely wild. Now, if you don't know anything about this, there's a scandal where home teams for the Red Sox and the Astros, both teams won World Series. Both teams won their World Series against the Dodgers. I'm from Los Angeles. Not happy. Huge Dodger fan. And I really... We'll get to that. I'm, I'm going to get there. Basically, what these guys were doing is they were... Um, they had a camera in the outfield. In the dugout, they would have a screen hidden. It had to be hidden. In Major League Baseball, it's illegal to have a phone in the dugout. You can't have a smartwatch in the dugout. You can't have things like that in the dugout anymore because of this stuff, because of the cheating, because of this type of cheating. So what would happen is they had a, a sign. 
they would read the signs, and then whenever it was an off-speed pitch, someone would smack a trash can with a baseball bat. So John Boy uh, Media, which I love, it's one of my favorite uh, sports channels on YouTube, actually released a video where he showed it. This is a part of that video slash audio. You actually can hear this. So I did add it for the podcast too. So listen to this. It's really, really, really interesting. So we now have a lot of allegations and confirmation that the Astros were using a video camera to cheat and steal pitches. And opposing pitcher, Danny Farquaad, don't know if I said that right, he said there was a banging from the dugout, almost like a bat hitting the bat rack every time a changeup signal got put down. I found the footage. Let's watch it. Here we go. He has since used bang. That one was very slight, but he takes the changeup. Now Farquhar looking good. Let's see. Fastball, no bang at all. Takes it. Next pitch. There's the changeup. Bang, bang, takes it. There was the off speed. Now it's like, wait, what? What's going on here? Now look. Fastball outside. So quick, two signs. Geared up for the fastball, fouls it off. Next pitch, change up. Bang, bang. That sequence is so upsetting. There's no way that is done without technology. How fast they get the bangs. Now, for the sake of time, I did cut that. Uh, that is, It's not very long. It's only about two minutes. But I would suggest that you go see John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y Media on the internet, on the YouTube. He's got some awesome, absolutely awesome videos. And uh, that was one of them. Now, if you go to Dumbass Talking Politics, I actually have two videos, the the entire scandal and the, um, and how it started, and also the full John Boy video. It is definitely worth it. Plus the video of, what's his name, smacking uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Beckham Jr. smacking the cop in the butt. I, I do have that video on there. So it'll be, again, in the video cast. It's not going to be part of the podcast because you don't really hear anything. So what's the point of putting it on? Um, now, here's what I think. Normally, I, I'm, I think this is a big deal because you're actually using external technology to cheat. I do not have a problem if a guy is on second base and he is stealing signs and trying to signal the batter. That's gamesmanship. I, 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 it may be unethical, but it is game gamesmanship, and that's why you should change your signs or at least at least hide them a little bit. But when you're using television screens and things like that, I, I think that is bad. That is really really bad. Uh, it also has a thing for careers. I mean, this is this is a danger for careers. Clayton Kershaw was leading the game against the Astros in the seventh game, in the sixth game. The Dodgers would have won that game. They'd have won the World Series. In the ninth inning, he gives up three or four runs and loses? He's, to this day, he's been seeing as, he cannot play in the playoffs. Well, hello. The Dodgers played Houston, I think it was 2017. No, 2018. And lost. And they played 
the Red Sox, who also cheated, and they lost. Here's the thing, and it's it's important because Kershaw relies on his off-speed pitches. If you know one of those freaking nasty-ass curves is coming at you, you're not going to swing or you're going to wait on it. And that's what's disgusting. No one hits Kershaw like that. Nobody. Well, people are now finding out that it's possible that not only were the Astros stealing signals and signaling, there's a possibility they were actually wearing electronic devices on their chests so that they would get, they would actually get beeped when um, off speed or fastball or something was coming at them. The Astros who, admittingly, the Ast- admittedly, the Astros have cooperated. Okay, they have cooperated, and they said no. We we did all this other stuff, but no, we never did this. So, I find it really depressing because I've been a Dodger fan for so long that the Dodgers basically now the Red Sox were better than they were, and I thought the Astros were probably well. See, I don't know if the Red Sox or the Astros were better than them. That's the problem. If they've been cheating throughout the year, you never know if the Astros or Red Sox were better than them. Uh, Corey Bellinger, um, yeah, a right fielder for the Dodgers, said, you know what, we did it all right, but the MLB needs to make sure this never happens again. And with this latest finding where the, the Astros were wearing um, sensors on their chests that would beep them and tell them what pitches they were going to get, if they actually did that. And why should you believe the Astros? I, why should you believe any of them? They've been cheating. They admitted they were cheating because they got caught. Now they're going to sit there and say, well, yeah, you got to prove it. Here's some bad news. They've got proof of it. If all of the Astros, including that piece of garbage Altuve, end up batting 220 next year, there are going to be some real questions. There Now, there have been consequences. Manager A.J. Hinch has been suspended for one year by the MLB, and he was fired by the Astros. GM of the Astros was uh, Jeff Lunau, was suspended for a year. He was eventually fired by the Astros. Former assistant GM Brandon Tobman was suspended for one... Assistant GM uh, Brandon Tobman was suspended for one year. He's not been fired, though... This isn't updated. He may have been fired today. Astros forfeit their first and second round draft picks for the next two years. Who cares? That's not a punishment. Sorry, that's not a punishment. Most players drafted in the first round don't end up doing too much. So that that's not even a punishment. Astros were fined $5 million. The Astros are worth almost a billion dollars. Do you think $5 million is that big of a deal? And that's the max. So they were fined $5 million, the max they could be fined. Alex Cora of the Red Sox was fired, and that was pending a suspension of at least a year. And Carlos Beltran of the Mets, the Mets manager, was also fired, and he was pending a year suspension. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. One of the reasons I like 
Major League Baseball is because Major League Baseball is, they have issues. They had their steroids issue. And okay, they had their steroids. It was legal. They were a little slow to deal with it, whatever. But Major League Baseball has always been pure. It's been a purest sport. Why people who start watching baseball love baseball. They stick with baseball. They're going to have to do something here. Because you cannot have two to three teams. Last year, they cheated last year. Astros are, um, yeah, Astros cheated last year against the uh, Washington Nationals. It shows you how good the Nationals were, what kind of great run the Nationals had, because they still beat them. The Astros cheated the Yankees out of a World Series because they were cheating that year, and then they went to they were started cheating in the world uh, in uh, in the AL Championship Series. It was caught on on video, and then they're cheating in the World Series. They're, now, I'm not saying that the Red Sox and the Astros, the Dodgers should be automatic world champions because that doesn't mean anything. It, it That's done. But I think vacating those two years might be important, might be a thing. And, and you can't do it because the Astros have been cheating through the playoffs. They may not have even gotten to the World Series. I'm not saying the Dodgers are the world champions. I'm depressed because I think now I look back and Dodgers were the de facto world champions, even though I don't have that world champion hat I love to order every time they, well, I haven't won in, since 1988. But I, I think it's bad. And I think the I think that Major League Baseball is really going to have to do something about this because this was not good. And now when you see to the extent, um, extent of the corruption, it's got to be handled, and it's got to be handled in a way that no other team is going to do that again. Uh, finally, stupid story of the day. Even though the other two stories were pretty stupid, uh, I didn't even bother reading the article. The article was bad enough. So a guy who's deaf decides to sue Pornhub.com. If you're... If the name is confusing you in any way i'll explain it pornhub is a free pornography site you can down you can watch porn for free as much as you want anything your little heart contends your little heart wants is on pornhub i mean you can see never mind it it yeah he's suing them the deaf man is suing them because they don't have subtitles Now, I'm not a porn aficionado. I don't actually buy porn. I've never paid for porn. I do like porn sometimes. Lonely night, whatever. But any porn you see on Pornhub does not need subtitles. There is nothing on Pornhub that requires subtitles. Okay, that being said, but that's the culture we live in right now. Not only is this sick bastard watching porn and he's deaf, he wants to he wants to see the dialogue. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at runnin'fool r u n n i n f e w l. You can download or listen to this podcast on YouTube, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean or Podcast Addict. The uh, video podcast will be 
on YouTube. Just search for Running Fool. If not, you follow me on Twitter and I'm going to post it anyway. Um, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and you can see show notes. You can see full videos. You'll see links for my references and you'll see any graphics that I might have. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics and I hope you have an awesome weekend. <laughs>